Welcome to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast where we dismantle the media misinformation that floods our news feeds all week long. The media tries to mislead you literally every day. Each episode of this podcast will leave you more equipped to correctly interpret the news and spot their deception quicker than before. This is Luke Taylor, an austere religious scholar who will be your host in this retrospective edition of Fake News. And we close the books on another year of Fake News. Uh, let me update you on my life. I just moved. My schedule's really tight. <laughs> I'm trying to get stuff put away. Um, my last episode that I did, I really just squeezed that in. If you listened to it, you might have noticed I was very tired. I, like, I was really tired as I recorded that episode. Um, because that, th- So that particular week, um, I had to get up at 4.15 every single day that week for my job. Uh, I had to get up and go to uh, an early morning church service, and we were recording it because we were. It was a Christmas service that that was held at a church all week long, and we broadcasted those on the radio where I'm working now. And so, anyway, um, that was a, a little bit of a long week for me, getting up at you know before 5 a.m. each day, and some days working. Uh, there's one day I worked until like eight or nine o'clock at night, <laughs> so that was a long week for me. Um, some long days that. That episode that I recorded, I mean, I just had like 45 minutes of free time. And so I just hopped on a microphone and just recorded a fake news episode. And um, I was tired, but I squeezed it in because the next week I was moving. I moved the week before Christmas. And so ever since then, my life's also kind of been a whirlwind. Uh, Getting stuff put away, cleaning up the house, you know, getting it the way you want it. And so... um, my wife and I have been doing a lot of that for the past few weeks, and uh, and some of the things like internet, I just, I just got internet hooked up a few days ago, but getting new furniture in, getting new appliances in, putting shelves and desks and stuff like that together. I've been really, really busy, and yet I wanted to go ahead and squeeze this episode in. I wanted to squeeze one more episode in because, you know, that, that last the last couple episodes I did, they were kind of downers, and I didn't want to end the year on such a downer note. And so here I am recording this. It's it's 8:30 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Like I'm I'm actually trying to get this episode. If I don't get it up tonight, I will put it out first thing in the morning. So it'll be a 2023 episode. I'm not sure yet, but um, I just didn't want to end the year on such a downer note. So I'm I'm really trying to push one more episode out. Um, so yeah, just to kind of update on my life, I, I've mentioned it you know here and there, but not in much detail. But um, over the past year, uh, I went from being a youth pastor at a church as my full-time job to where uh, now I'm working in radio, and which was actually my first job years ago, uh, like when I was 17. But I'm, I'm working in radio once again. And uh, so I had a big change in my life wherein I changed careers. I changed um, locations because when I, when I quit my job for the church, I was actually getting to live in a house that was on the church property. And so since I wasn't working there anymore, you know, I had to, to find a new home. And so it stayed with my in-laws temporarily and they were awesome to let us stay with them for several months. But, um, finally I have, I have my own home. I'm here recording at my own, finally my own office again, my own desk. And, um, so I'm really excited to just be here and that God's put all the pieces of my life together um, that were just kind of all out there. It's kind of like um, the gravity had left the room, okay, in the living room living room of my life. 
My, if, if I look at 2022 as a room in my house, there was no gravity in that room. Everything was just floating around in the air. And it was disorienting. It was a little bit chaotic at times. You, you never knew when the gravity came back where all those pieces were going to land. But I think now finally the pieces have landed. And I've got resituated in life. And so it's a great time too, because we're closing the books on one year and opening the books on a new year. And so I've done a few kind of more reflective episodes lately. That's why I'm calling this one a retrospective. Um, and just like last year, I wanted to talk about the fakest news stories of the year. Just to recap a few things that I think we shouldn't forget about as we go into 2023. Because um, a lot of stuff happened this year. And I got to say, like lately, I haven't been able to comment on stuff as much as I wanted to because of all this, you know, I mentioned the the... The things were floating around in the air, and I've, I've been so distracted by being a first-time homebuyer and f starting a new job and all the things that go with that. You know, I really feel terrible that, like, my my fake news commitment, <laughs> the, as far as this podcast, um, it just had to get kind of put on the back burner. And that's why the past few months, I've only had one or two episodes out at a time in, in a month, and um, I, and I hated to do that. Like I wanted to get back to this. This is a lot of fun for me, but uh, the, but like I said, it's just been a, it's just been a, a rough season of life, and so I hope you've got, gotten on fine without me. Uh, only you know, occasionally just doing one episode in a month. I think there was one month I only did like one episode. I've tried to get at least two out per month. If I get this one out tonight, it'll be three for December, which is a which is kind of a miracle in itself because because of how crazy things are right now. But um, I I last year I did the five fakest news stories of 2021. And then for just cause of, you know, cause I'm crunching this in, I'm only going to do three this time. So the three fakest news stories of 2022. And I decided these based on a few factors, um, the blatant lying that went into <laughs> the news media, putting these stories out, uh, making stuff up, but also the damage that was done to society as a result of these lies. And so that's, uh, that, that's what I want to talk about um, on today's episode. Was this the worst year of fake news in modern history? Maybe not, but it did have what I would say was perhaps the most the most coordinated made-up story by media outlets that I've ever seen in my life. Okay, there was a bunch of news coverage of, of a particular event that literally did not actually exist. Never happened. And yet for weeks it was all we heard about in the news. And so we will get into that later, but um, I want to mention one other thing first. I was recently a guest on a podcast called The Chaotic Navigator, okay? So this is a, uh, I guess you might call it a survival show. Um, it's a show that talks about um, what you need to do in the cases of emergencies or like cataclysmic events or, um, you know, if, if certain things that we depend on in society if they if they came crashing down you know if america was under some kind of let's say a nuclear attack or something like that and we lost power across a bunch of the nation we had to get by living off the land for a few weeks or a few months you know so stuff like that disaster preparedness okay there's a there's a podcast about that it's called the chaotic navigator and um the host of the show uh, he actually invited me on to talk about um misinformation and disinformation we talked about a lot of things we talked about um 
legalities of things in the First Amendment. We we talked about what we need to do to combat getting confused or deceived or misled by all the misinformation that's out there. And so we talked about that uh, for about 45 minutes, I want to say. Uh, he, like, he asked me if I'd talk for 20 to 30 minutes. We talked for like 45. I thought he was going to cut the interview down, and he ended up playing the whole thing. And so that was really cool. Um, as far as I remember, I don't think he cut anything out. And so that 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 podcast is out there. It's called Chaotic Navigator. And um, please go give that episode a listen. It's the newest episode as of the end of the year. I think it posted Wednesday the 28th. So look for the, the episode that posted on December 28th of 2022. Um, go check that episode out I, you know, and let him or let me know what you thought of it. I thought it was a really fun interview. Um, felt like we got to talk about a lot of great uh, information and, and share things back and forth. And if you listen to any episode, you know, scroll through his show, uh, The Alaskan Outlaw. Um, scroll through his episode list. And look at all the things that he talks about. I I thought uh, I listened to several episodes of the show over the past few months. We did the interview like back in August or September. It just, it just now came out this week, but we did the interview several months ago. Um, I've listened to several episodes of his podcast in the meantime, and you know I always learn something on every episode. No matter what the episode is, I always learn something, and so I I always find some great takeaway. Um, you know, disaster preparedness, that's not a subject that I think about all the time, but I always get some little kernel of great information from, from him whenever I listen to Chaotic Navigator. So uh, go check out that show, listen to their December 28th uh, episode, and um, yeah, I mean, pause this podcast right now and go listen to it, honestly. Just go do that. You can come back to mine later, but go listen to, to his and see if there's anything else out there that he talks about. You know, I, I checked out the podcast when he first invited me on. I went to check it out. I wanted to make sure it wasn't some you know, like some weirdo or anything before I went on his show. And like one of the first episodes was something about the zombie apocalypse. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> I was like, what, what's this about? So I, I listened to it though. And I, I don't, I didn't take it. He, that he was actually saying there's going to be a zombie apocalypse, like, you know, that you see on the movies and stuff. But this is what he said. He said, be prepared. He said, this is why you should be prepared for a zombie apocalypse. And because if you're prepared for the zombie apocalypse, then you're actually prepared for anything. You know, any kind of disaster that could come across the land. If you're prepared for a zombie apocalypse, you'd be pre prepared for anything that this world could actually throw your way. And I'm like, you know, that's that's actually pretty smart advice. So, you know, like I said, you learn something new every time. One episode, he was, someone sent in the question, where's the best place to go in a disaster? And he said, the best place to go in the case of a disaster is to go nowhere just to stay home. <laughs> I'm like, that's actually a really, that's really smart. Just make sure you have what you need at home and stay home. Don't go anywhere unless you just absolutely have to. So some really great information there um, in the show, Chaotic Navigator. Go listen to it. All right, let's get into today's subject matters. The third fakest news story of 2022. In this story, it's not going to be a specific story it's a category of stories. That's what these are going to be today. Categories of things the news covered this year. But there, there's this one specific category of stories that I saw repeatedly throughout 2022. And it was blaming right-wingers for left-wing terrorism. Okay, so there's been attacks. And when I say attacks, I mean like shootings or just, you know, violent attacks 
those have taken place in our country's history and in the past year by people on, politically speaking, both sides of the aisle. But I, I would say, you know, I don't have the statistics in front of me. The majority of them in 2022 were perpetrated by those on the left. And yet, for every single one of these attacks, whether it was someone on the left or the right, it was always right-wingers getting blamed. Okay, Let me, I'll run through a list here. Um, even things that right-wingers had nothing to do with or things that had nothing to do with politics. There was this shooting at a gay nightclub in, I want to say is in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, the, and so as soon as this shooting happened, you saw this immediate uh, attack on the, from the left that this was obviously some homophobic terrorist, you know, that was radicalized by Fox News or Bible-believing churches, you know, someone who wanted to kill a bunch of gay people. As it turned out, the shooter at this nightclub ended up being LGBT himself. And so after two or three days, his lawyer sent some paperwork, and and they mentioned in the paperwork that the, the shooter at this nightclub attack, that he identifies as gender non-binary, which, you know, puts him in the LGBT camp himself. And so as soon as that information came out, the media practically dropped this story. If you weren't following it yourself, you know, you probably didn't even hear that. That this this shooter at this nightclub. For days you just heard about, oh man, this is all Republicans' fault because they they speak so much hatred and violence against the LGBT community, blah, 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 blah. But then as the facts came out more, it turned out the shooter himself was a part of the LGBT community. And so this wasn't like an anti-LGBT hate crime. I mean, it was still, I, mean, I don't care if you call it a hate crime or what. It was obviously an evil, terrible thing to do to shoot up a nightclub. But once the media realized it was someone on, on their side who was turned it, ended up being the, the lone gunman, they stopped talking about that story. You don't really hear about it anymore. And yet, they, for days, they were ready to just blame right-wingers for the violence. The, the um, focus on the family. I believe they're, um, I just saw this in a picture on, on, um, shared on Twitter. I didn't, they did not publicize this. So I don't know this for a hundred percent, but I saw pictures of the focus on the family, which is located in Colorado Springs also, um, that their, uh, that their sign would, they had like this big expensive sign out in front of their building and it had been vandalized and spray painted. Uh, and you know, because people were, were upset, they were blaming focus on the family because it's a right wing Christian organization, a Bible-believing organization who believes that homosexuality is sinful, as the Bible has said for thousands of years. Since Focus on the Family believes that, they were blamed, and their sign was vandalized uh, out there in Colorado. And then a few days later, as the facts came out, it had nothing to do with Focus on the Family or anyone who believes the things that Focus on the Family believes. (laughs) Okay, I, I spent a long time talking about that one. There's several stories like this all throughout 2022. A few weeks or a few months ago, you might remember Nancy Pelosi's husband was attacked by a what turned out to be a left-wing activist and someone who was actually an acquaintance of the Pelosi's. But this was used, this happened like a week or two before the election day in, uh, in November. And during that time, th- there was this constant attack on the Republicans saying, oh, you guys use such violent rhetoric, you've radicalized one of your right-wing supporters to break into Nancy Pelosi's house and attack her husband with a hammer. Well, as it turned out, it had nothing to do with um, the politics of left versus right. It was an acquaintance of the Pelosi's, 
And for whatever reason that we, ne- you know, we never got all the details because once it turned out that this wasn't some right winger, the media shut down this story and stopped talking about it whatsoever because it had nothing to do with Republicans. Once they couldn't use it to attack Republicans anymore, suddenly they just wanted to respect the Pelosi's privacy and not discuss the issue. It was only discussed up until the election as a way to attack the right. Happened again and again throughout 2022. If you remember, there was a uh, there was a, a, a hostage situation earlier in the year where it ended up being a British Muslim um, who took a, a, several people at a Jewish synagogue hostage. And I believe all the people survived, but for like six hours, he was holding them at gunpoint. And then the cops, the SWAT team broke in and, and killed him but uh, or took him into custody. I don't remember, to be honest, but... But when it first came out, they said it was a person from Britain, from uh, that he was British, and so they immediately white supremacist or like white nationalism was blamed that this was you know this was a white person who was some modern day Nazi. Turned out it actually ended up being a Muslim, and so but again, there's this like trigger happy reaction from the left to immediately politicize every single disaster or every single attack before all the facts come out. They want to politicize it and use it as a way to attack Republicans. There was a shooting at a grocery store in Buffalo, New York. This was a few months ago. It was blamed on, uh, because it was in a, like a majority black neighborhood in like New York, um, it was blamed on Fox News saying, oh, well, they've radicalized one of their supporters to believe in the Great Replacement Theory. Uh, and and that that they, they, this person must have wanted to attack black people because he was watching Fox News and they said black people are going to replace white people. Then it turned out the shooter had written a manifesto hating on Fox News, saying it was <laughs> controlled by the Jews. It was some racist wacko, but it wasn't a right winger. Uh, just a nut. Okay. You know, when it comes to insane people, I don't feel a personal need to attach a political label to them. Say, oh, it's a right wing. It's a left wing. It's an insane person, okay? It doesn't really matter. They don't represent the ideological um, philosophy. This is a person who's just unhinged and detached from reality. There was a shooter at a subway in, I think, also in New York. And it turned out to be a deranged black supremacist, okay? So a black supremacist shot up a subway, but until they caught the guy, um, there, there was they were already blaming the, the right, as far as like the political right in this country, they were blaming all of them. And then when CNN, when the guy was caught, CNN wrote a story saying that this was a person who, uh, they didn't mention the race. It was, it was a black guy, but they didn't mention the race of the person who did the, sh- did the shooting. They just said that he was, um, they, they described him in the article as that he had racist, racist, hateful views and often spoke out against black people without mentioning the fact that he was black himself. <laughs> and a black supremacist. But they just try to do anything they can to make right-wingers look bad. If a, if a left-winger commits some kind of shooting and it has nothing to do with politics and they can't make it about some attack on the right, they'll make it about gun control and say, well, this is why we need to ban guns. You know, that's what they go to if they can't do another type of attack with it. They make it about gun control. They never want to make the left look bad, even when the left inspires one of these attacks. I mean, we've actually seen several attacks by black supremacists over the past couple years. Uh, if you remember the guy who ran his, his car through a parade, I think a Christmas parade about a year ago, 
uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin, I want to say, because um, I, I kind of remember because I think we talked about it on this podcast and that the media blamed an SUV <laughs> when instead of the driver of the SUV. And uh, it, he was a black supremacist. There was a guy who attacked the Capitol a while back, just like killed one Capitol policeman. Uh, I believe he was a black supremacist. The subway shooter this year was a deranged black supremacist. So we, we've seen kind of this black supremacist attack. I'm, am I saying that I'm worried about black supremacy having this dangerous rise in the country? Not really. But I just want to point out the media never wants to point the finger at black supremacy and say, look at all the people that it's radicalizing. They won't do that. They want to exaggerate or make up stories about so-called white supremacy and how it's so, you know somehow a danger in modern times too. We see that there's different rules for different races, different rules for different parties. Uh, th that's just the story with the media all year long. Kind of like the George Santos thing. If you haven't heard, there's this uh, Republican who was recently elected in November as a representative. Uh, Rhode Island, I want to say, but I don't remember for sure. But So George Santos, apparently after he won his election, all this stuff came out that was showing that he actually lied about a lot of things in his campaign. Like he lied about where he went to college. He lied about a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. He, he lied about his entire background and then he got elected. So he didn't technically break any laws. I mean, he just, he lied. Um, he's a huge liar. And so now there are calls for him to resign from the left and from the right. And personally, I have no problem with forcing him to resign if he lied that much. But I want to point out something else. Maybe this guy lied about his background claiming to be from a college where, that he didn't really attend or graduate or whatever. Okay, maybe that happened. Maybe he should resign. But Elizabeth Warren lied about her background for years. She claimed to be a Native American. Why does she just get to get away with that? Like, why are there not calls for her to resign? If George Santos has to resign because he lied about where he went to college, and I th he lied about, like, when his mom died, you know, he just made up a whole background, basically. But, I mean... Why does why does Elizabeth Warren get to get away with it? So I'm I'm fine with forcing George Santos out for being a liar, but shouldn't Elizabeth Warren get the same treatment? <laughs> Talk about President Joe Biden, who has lied about his background for his entire life. Um, he lied about being the first in his family to go to college. He lied about his scholarship. He lied about finishing in the top half of his class. He lied about having three undergraduate degrees. He lied about being a professor. He lied about surviving a fire. He lied about being arrested in a civil rights march. He lied about being a star football player. He lied about being a truck driver. He lied about meeting Nelson Mandela and getting arrested. He lied about his son being killed in Iraq. He lied about uh, being top of his class in college. He lied that he'd hit a 368-foot home, home run in a baseball game. He lied about having a job at a timber company. He lied about a, a drunk driver killing his wife and daughter. He lied about um, his uncle winning a Purple Heart. He lied about his helicopter in Afghanistan being forced down. He lied about how he met the Parkland families uh, the, who were the victims of that shooting, how he met them as vice president when that happened after he was vice president. He lied about being a coal miner. He lied about coming from a family of coal miners. He lied about being shot at when he was in Iraq. He lied about <laughs> hiking in the Himalayas with President Xi of China. He, he lied about receiving a full-ride scholarship. He lied about um, meeting the inventor of insulin. He, he lied about the oil industry giving him cancer. He, he lied in this story that he repeatedly tells about a dead Amtrak worker 
who awarded him for riding 1.8 million miles. There's a whole story he tells all the time that's not true, that couldn't be true. He lied about being raised in a Puerto Rican community. Uh, he lied about <laughs> winning a fight against a drug dealer named Corn Pop. I mean, I guess I can't prove that that last one's a lie, but um, you, you tell me if a guy who's lied all those other times, if he would lie about Corn Pop too. You know, don't, don't sit here and clutch your pearls and say, but not Corn Pop. It's all lies all the way down with our president. And I mean, we've talked about, here's, a, here's another flashback from earlier. This, this was just a few months ago. Saying that his son died in Iraq, which was not even true. I say this as a father of a man who won the Broad Star, the Conspicuous Service Medal, and lost his life in Iraq. So, why are we supposed to care about a Republican representative from, like, the smallest state in the country lying about where he went to college... Why should I care about that and say he needs to resign when Democrats can get away with saying all those other kind of lies and it just gets shrugged off? (laughs) Like Biden has been lying about his background for his entire life. I mean, you have someone who lies that much so often and has been called on it and everyone knows it's not true. And yet he just keeps saying it and he just gets away with it. And you expect me to care about some Republican representative that no one's ever heard of from the smallest state in the country? And you expect me to get upset about that? When Biden says all these... You remember when Trump was president and they like kept a running total in the Washington Post? Every time he told a lie, they, like, they tallied it up and said, oh, he had 10,000 lies by the time he left the presidency. And yet they just totally ignore all this junk that President Biden says all the time. And you expect me to care about a representative lying about when his mom died. So I'm just going to say whatever. Different rules for different parties. And that concludes, I'm going to say that concludes fake news number one for 2022. But let me tell you about the second, the second fakest news story of 2022. Ukraine war propaganda. This is another category of things. It's not a specific story. Uh, There is one specific story we'll talk about, but I mean, there was a lot of propaganda that came out about this war. And I'm not saying, I'm, listen, I'm not pro-Russia, as I've said many times on this podcast. I'm on Ukraine's side. I do see them as the victims because they were the ones being attacked. Okay, so I'm not someone who says <laughs> Putin deserves to have Ukraine or any of that kind of junk. But I've also maintained all along that, and you can go back to my, you know, I did an episode about this called The Fog of War back at the start of the year when all this conflict happened with Russia and Ukraine, uh, that Ukraine itself is not just this little angelic country of innocence, uh, that they have a lot of problems of their own that people just kind of forgot about and started ignoring as soon as they were attacked by big bad Russia, which is fine. You know, that's fine. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine to take Ukraine's side because I think that is the right thing to do. But there's also been a lot of false information put out um, in favor, I guess, of Ukraine. That, but, but again, it's, it's actually not true. Um, so ever since the start of the war, we've seen stories about the thousands of Russian troops that are dead. You know, within like days of the conflict starting, there were these stories about how thousands of Russian troops have already been slaughtered. You know, I doubt that that was true within days of the conflict. 
the story of the ghost of Kiev or Kiev that there was this this pilot who shot down like so many Russian planes and then he himself died and they never knew his identity just a made-up story the story of Snake Island which was partially true um, that these these soldiers refused to surrender so the Russian battleship bombed them out and killed them all and it turned out that they actually didn't die um, the Russian troops who supposedly surrendered as soon as they crossed the Ukrainian border the sad video of the Ukrainian man putting his family on a train so he could stay and fight for his country. You know, all that stuff was just, it was propaganda that was meant to make Ukraine look better. And we did a whole episode about what the role of propaganda is, especially in these conflicts. Um, but there's been stories, you know, about just ridiculous things. Anytime you see a story about Putin's state of mind, this is what Putin's thinking. Oh, Putin's frustrated because blah, blah, blah. You know, that's propaganda. The media cannot read minds. <laughs> they tried to read Trump's mind for years and they got stuff wrong about it constantly. Anytime you see a story about someone's state of mind and what someone is thinking when they haven't actually said it out loud, it's just, it's actually what the reporter is thinking. It's not even what the reporter's thinking. It's what the reporter is thinking that someone else is thinking. But human beings cannot read minds. So anytime you see a news story about, oh, Putin's mad, he's steaming mad about blah, blah, blah. You can discard it. It's it's propaganda. It's not true. Um, it's just made up. If it is true, it's only by happenstance. Okay, it might randomly be true, but you we just cannot read minds. Miss Ukraine goes to war. You know all these propaganda stories that we've seen. The footage of Zelensky soldiering up, um, and then it turned out the photos were from stuff that had happened like months or years before. So. I think that what I'm going to call category two is just all the fake news surrounding the Ukrainian conflict. Uh, if you remember when, when the Ukrainian conflict started off, all the experts were on all the major media channels saying that the country was going to fall within weeks, within days. They were saying within four days, Ukraine will fall. And then here we are, many months later, nearly a year later, and Ukraine is going strong in this conflict. All the experts got this entirely wrong, okay? All the experts got this so wrong. But here is the biggest thing that was the, why, why this is number two fakest news of 2022. The biggest thing is what you didn't hear about. That World War III almost started. And I'm not talking about back in February when Russia invaded Ukraine. I'm talking about back in November. I'm talking about like six weeks ago. World War III almost started. Ukraine almost started it. Back in the middle of November, a missile struck Poland, a NATO country. Okay? And that would mean, if you attack a NATO country, that would mean contractually, or based on a treaty between all those, uh, an agreement between all the NATO countries, if one of them is attacked, then they all go to war against whoever attacked that one country. The only time NATO has been activated, I think, in its entire history was the Afghanistan war when 9-11 happened. So other than that, I mean, you don't attack a NATO country because you know if you attack one of them, you've got all 15 or 20 of them breathing down your neck now. And a missile struck Poland, which is a NATO country, struck, struck, struck them and killed innocent civilians. And immediately... Ukrainian leaders lied, and they blamed Russia for it. And then 
immediately after that, the press in America, like the Associated Press, they immediately wrote it up as Russia attacked a NATO ally. Didn't even question the facts. Didn't question what could have happened. Didn't, they just immediately blamed Russia because that's what Ukraine said it was. Then as more facts came out, it turned out it was not a Russian missile. It was actually a Ukrainian missile. A Ukrainian missile, which they chalked up to an accident. Although I have my doubts about that. Because immediately Ukraine was like, oh yeah, this was Russia. Look at what they did. We need to have the whole world go, go to war against Russia now. A Ukrainian missile struck there in Poland and killed innocent civilians. Ukrainian leaders immediately lied and blamed Russia, and they tried to get us to go into a World War III scenario. And if it had gone to World War III, if that was the response of these nations, because I think a lot of them do want to go to war against Russia and just kind of like wipe Russia off the map. If that actually had happened, we never would have heard the truth. They would have covered this up that it was actually a Ukrainian missile. But the, the facts came out too quick. It turned out Ukraine had launched this missile. They say it accidentally landed over there in Poland and killed some civilians. But they immediately went out and tried to blame Russia for it. Zelensky almost started World War III. And our American press followed exactly what he said, hook, line, and sinker. Until, you know, the facts. The facts did come out, thankfully, within a few days and put a stop to it. We almost went to war against a nuclear country. Probably, you know, several different countries in, in the world have nuclear capabilities. They have nuclear bombs. The, the, the only couple of ones that we really worry about using them are Russia and North Korea. I don't know that North Korea actually has one, but they want to build one. You know, they're not, they're not supposed to get to build one, but they might build one anyway. The only ones that we really worry about actually using a nuclear bomb are, I guess, Iran. We could throw them in there too. But Russia, Iran, North Korea, those are the countries that, you know, we kind of look at them and we think they could, we could see them launching a nuclear attack if they got, if they got desperate or just felt like it enough. We almost went to war against a country that could very easily launch a nuclear missile attack at New York, at Washington, D.C., at, you know, a major city in this country. We almost went to war with one of those countries because Zelensky lied. And I know we just blame everything or we compare everything to Hitler. I know that's like the lazy thing that we do in this country is we make everything about Hitler. But that is actually literally something that Hitler did. I think it was, it was even the same country. Hitler launched a fake attack on Poland, and then he said it was Poland attacking him. And, and then that's what's got World War II. That's what, that's what got World War II going, was a fake attack on Poland. <laughs> so Zelensky, I know, I know it's lazy to just compare everything to Hitler, but literally Hitler, okay? That is literally the exact thing Hitler did. Now, I don't think Zelensky's as bad as Hitler, okay? I'm not saying that. <laughs> just saying. It's kind of funny that, like, the exact same thing happens again, and we almost get into another world war based on a fake attack. And for the record, he was just made Time Magazine's Man of the Year. 
and Hitler was man of the year for Time Magazine as well. <laughs> so just uh, some, some parallels there that I'm uncomfortable about. What I'm most uncomfortable about is that our American press just believed anything Zelensky said unquestioningly. That's the danger of looking at things as black and white, like this Ukraine-Russia conflict. You know, maybe it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Maybe, I'm not saying that Russia is just entire, you know, that they're actually good guys. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying maybe Ukraine is not as innocent of a country as, as people seem to think just because they're the victims. Okay? And this is, again, what I was telling you back in my episode, The Fog of War. Zelensky is not a good guy. Now, he had a reputation before. He had a reputation before this whole conflict for being one of the most corrupt world leaders. Up until he was attacked by Russia in February, and then he became a victim. And I'd kind of hoped that this conflict would be kind of a redemptive thing for him. And maybe it will be in the end, but <laughs> until then, you gotta keep your head on a swivel with this guy. Like, war doesn't take a liar and make him suddenly become an honest person. It could make you braver or bolder. But, I mean, being a victim doesn't mean that we should just believe anything that someone says. Maybe that's the most important lesson that we can take away from all this. As well as, don't start World War III. Okay. Number one. Number one fakest news story of 2022. We'll get into that, but I want to do a few more reflections on the past year before we get into the number one. So let's look at maybe some runners up for fakest news of the year or just some other news stories from the, the things that have happened uh, that I want to talk about today. Uh, the website dictionary.com named its word of the year for 2022. The word of the year for 2022 is woman. Okay, let me read you this story from The Guardian. In a statement, the website said, Our selection of woman reflects how the intersection of gender, identity, and language dominates the current cultural conversation and shapes much of our work as a dictionary. It also said, searches for the word woman on dictionary.com spike significantly multiple times in relation to separate high-profile events, including the moment when a question about the very definition of the word was posed on the national stage. That was a reference to a Supreme Court confirmation hearing back in March, when the nominee, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, was asked by Marcia Blackburn, a Republican senator from Tennessee, to define the word Woman, and I actually have a clip of this. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. Of Soon after, Jackson became the first black woman confirmed to the court. <laughs> like, first black what? How do you define that, Guardian? Um, it says, searches for woman increased by 1,400% after the hearing, dictionary.com said, the highest spike for the word this year. And if you hear some clatter, that's my, my dog, Marty, wanting to get involved on the podcast today, and he's walking around me right now, scratching himself. And anyway, I'm going to let that go. You get to hear my dog today. He's a guest on today's episode of Fake News. So um, then let me finish out. with Here's one more thing the Guardian article says. Other key moments that led to the word being chosen included the Supreme Court voting to overturn Roe v. Wade and thereby revoke the constitutional right to abortion, 
the death of Queen Elizabeth II, tennis player Serena Williams' retirement announcement, and freedom protests led by women in Iran. Now, let me just point out, in regards to that last paragraph there that I read, none of those things caused people to look up the word woman, okay? <laughs> the Queen Elizabeth passing away doesn't make people suddenly look up at the sky and say, huh, what is a woman anyway? <laughs> None of those, th- <laughs> Serena Williams retires and people need to go look up the definition of the word woman? I mean, come on. <laughs> Obviously, the thing that caused people to look up the word woman a lot this year, other than that, the Supreme Court hearing, other than that, that the most obvious cultural moment around the world was around this word was the release of Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman? Back in June, he released a documentary that was about... Um, he, all he did, basically, was, was walk around for an hour and a half asking people what the definition of the word woman is. The reason this was so effective is that these woke leftists who just embrace transgenderism and, and this idea that, you know, a man can be a woman and that people can be non-binary in their gender and, and be all kinds of different genders. Well, now there's no way to really define what a gender even is. Like, they've just taken the concept of gender and just made it into uh, a bowl of jelly that is just moldable and, and you, can, you can fix it however you want, but it has no firm definition. So now these super smart people out there who are, are telling us, you know, here's the new philosophy of thought on, on gender, the new gender ideology— these so-called experts in gender, they can't even define what a gender is. Let me play a little bit of the trailer. What is a woman? Can you tell me that? <laughs> well, you're at the Women's March. You must have some idea. Please, if, if one person could tell me what a woman is. You are not here for women. We ask you to leave. What is that? I'm a husband. I'm a father of four. I host a talk show. I give speeches. I write books. I like to make sense of things. A woman is not anything in particular. There is not one particular thing. It could be many things to many people. Some women have penises, right? Some men have vaginas. I like scented candles. And I've watched Sex in the City. Yeah. How do I know if, if I'm a woman? That's a great question. I'm not a woman, so I, <laughs> I can't really answer that. Women only know what women are. Are you a uh, cat? No. Can you tell me what a cat is? You want to tell us what a woman is? So this was a, a massively popular documentary that was released this year. I would say, you know, a big cultural moment. Probably the most impactful documentary that's been released in, in perhaps decades. Um, and the left has just tried to ignore it. You know, the left-wing media is just ignoring this documentary. And, and here's why. They could refute it in a, in a heartbeat. All they have to do is provide a definition of the word woman. That's all the left-wing media would have to do is say, oh, well, we know what a woman is. It's blah, blah, blah. They could just say that, <laughs> and then <laughs> if all they did was just blurt out their definition of the word woman, it would totally nullify Matt Walsh's entire point, totally turn him into a joke, you know, shame him out of existence, and, and make the documentary meaningless. If, all they, if they could just provide a definition of the word woman. But they can't remain true to this ideology that they've invented, and also give any kind of firm definition of what a woman actually is. And so they've just ignored this documentary. And it's kind of funny. Dictionary.com makes woman the word of the year. And yet 
the article doesn't even mention this huge documentary that came out in the past year called What is a Woman? They don't even mention that as a factor for why the people are going to the dictionary to look up the definition of such a basic word. And so um, anyway, that's not the fakest news story of the year. Just something I found kind of entertaining. Here's another one. This is just a thing that happened. Okay. KWWL. It's a TV station in Iowa. And uh, they sent a reporter to cover that cold snap that we had, you know, about a week or two ago, we had this, this cold frost settle over most of the country. And uh, so they sent a reporter to cover that. And, and unfortunately, for whatever reason, the weather guy was out. Um, I forgot why I might say it in the clip, (laughs) but the weather guy was out. So to cover the cold snap, they sent the sports guy. And here's how that went. Mark, how are you feeling out there? Uh, again, uh, the same way I felt about eight minutes ago when you asked me that same question, right? I normally do sports. Uh, everything is canceled here for the next couple of days. So what better time to ask the sports guy to come in about five hours normally uh, earlier than he would normally wake up, go stand out in the wind and the snow and the cold and tell other people not to do the same. I didn't even realize that there was a 3.30 also in the morning uh, until today. It's absolutely uh, fantastic, Ryan. You know, I- I'm used to these evening shows that are only 30 minutes long and generally on those shows I'm inside. So uh, this is a really long show. Tune in for the next couple hours to watch me progressively get crankier and crankier. How do I get that uh, Storm Chaser 7 duty? I-, I feel like Clint got the uh, better end of that deal. You know, that thing's heated. Um, the outdoors currently is not heated. Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan, I've I've got good news and and I've got bad news. The the good news is that I can still feel my face right now. The bad news is I kind of wish I couldn't. Can I go back to my regular job? I'm pretty sure, Ryan, that you guys added an extra hour to this show just because somebody likes torturing me because compared to two and a half hours ago, it is just getting colder and colder. Live in Waterloo, for the last time this morning, thankfully, I'm Mark Woodley, New 7 KWWL. I think a lot of us were suffering through that cold spell. Um, so actually for us, the cold hit us on a Thursday here where I live in, in my part of the country. We got hit with the cold, the, the Arctic blast on Thursday in the early morning hours. So when we saw that coming in the weather forecast, we actually closed on the new house that we bought. We closed on Wednesday. And so we didn't get into the house until about like 10 in the morning. We immediately, I mean, just started getting our stuff in ASAP because we didn't want to be moving in the cold snap because we knew it was coming. (laughs) We got all of our stuff loaded in about four hours before the cold hit. And I mean, like I I went to bed at two in the morning and I woke up at, you know, six or seven in the morning and everything was completely different. The cold was there. Everything was white. (laughs) It was, it was bad. So, uh, but anyway, but at least I got to be indoors after that. And, and this sports reporter did not. Let's talk about what's racist for this week. Everything is racist. Okay, I'm going to run through these quick because I got several. I wish I, I'm, I'm getting kind of tired of the what's racist for this week. Honestly, like we just covered this every single episode. And there's always a list of like, five more things that have been declared racist, but I'm kind of covering it because this is not an issue that's gone away. So BMI is racist. That's body mass index. We're being told by Huffington post. I'll just read the headline. The BMI is racist and useless. 
here's how to measure health instead. So for some reason, I mean, every time we get into it, it's so stupid, it's not even worth pursuing, but (laughs) body mass index, index is now racist. The lottery is racist. From Fox News being reported, lottery accused of systemic racism after massive Powerball payout. <laughs> Researchers told CNN that the lottery disproportionately preys on black and brown communities. Uh, yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even going to get into that. This is, I mean, it's, it's just, again, I guess they're saying more people who are black and brown that they are paying for lottery tickets. Um, they're more likely to throw their money away on these lottery tickets. And I guess all I can say to that is, you know, anyone who buys a lottery ticket, which I also think is a waste of money and, and kind of dumb, um, if you spend more than $10 on the lottery in any given year, you know, I think that's kind of, that's a, that's a waste of money. But on the other hand, it's their money to waste. I'm not going to judge other people on how they spend their money that they earned. You know, I, that's, I think it's maybe unwise, but it's their business. <laughs> but anyway, it's their choice. So the lottery is not preying on the black and brown communities. If they're the ones, if they're buying more tickets than, than white people, I mean, again, that's their choice. Okay. Um, time. Time is reporting that exercise is racist from the headline. The white supremacist origins of exercise and six other surprising facts about the history of U.S. physical fitness. So they want you to know that white women only exercised back in like the 50s because they were trying to build up their strength to create more white babies. And that's, that's Time Magazine for you. Okay, from The New Yorker. If you don't want to wear a mask, it's racist. A lot of anti-mask sentiment is deeply embedded in white supremacy. So the New Yorker wants you to know, you need to, they ran this story about why it's time to break the masks back out and do the masking thing again, wear masks again, and they just throw that in too. And by the way, if you don't want to wear a mask, that's actually a white supremacist position to not want to wear a mask. So there you go, from the New Yorker. Uh, the Washington Post ran this headline about the World Cup being racist, or Argentina being racist, I guess. Here's their headline. Why doesn't Argentina have more black players in the World Cup? <laughs> so they, they, they read a headline criticizing Argentina, I guess, casting some shade here on Argentina, for not having more black players who represented their country in the World Cup. And then later, Washington Post <laughs> ran a uh, editor's note on this story, saying we have you know we have learned that less than 1% of argentina's population is black <laughs> so, but they left the story up complaining that there weren't more black players on argentina's team why doesn't argentina have more black players in the world cup <laughs> maybe because they're a country not a cbs drama i don't know and then oh i guess that's my last one of the week okay i saved the best for last there i don't have yeah okay um, then before we go into our biggest fake news story of 2022, I just want to reflect on a few things, uh, some highlights here from the podcast. If you should find yourself a little bored over this Christmas break and looking for something to listen to, um, I would and go back into our archives. I would, I would encourage you to go look at, uh, a few episodes that I think were maybe some of the better ones of the past year. Gaslighting 101 
uh, was an episode I did back in the in the first half of the year, and uh, that's where I explained the history of of what gaslighting actually is. Um, and it, this is something that's really become a, a common buzzword for the past couple years in our society. Maybe the past five years or so, we've heard more about gaslighting. It's something that's always kind of existed. Uh, how to spot it, how to defend yourself from it. So we did an episode about that, Gaslighting 101. Maybe the episode, I think my strongest episode of fake news was my retrospective on Pride Month that I did back in June. Pride Month, it was a two-parter actually, um, but especially part one, how we got here, how we got to Pride Month. And then part two was about what's coming next. So if, if, you're, concer- if, you know, if you're curious about the history of, I guess what we, what we might say is the current sexual ideology in Western society, um, and especially what brought us to just this kind of like fixation on LGBT um, pride and acceptance that we see in, in, in modern times. And, and then we can take that and look at what's coming next in the movement. <laughs> what's actually already here that's not being talked about very much in the movement. Um, go check that out. Tell me if, if you think, hey, it's a little... Yeah. My conclusion is that we're moving toward a, a pedophilia acceptance. And if, if, you don't think that the, if you think that sounds a little bit extreme or far out, go listen to that podcast. But also look around at what's happening in our society. I mean, my goodness, all this drag queen stuff that's going on. It's, it's, um, it's disgusting. And it's, it's becoming staunchly defended by about half the country that for some reason we need these sexual dances involving children going on in, even in public schools, public libraries, all ages drag shows. I mean, it's, it's creepy and weird, but it, it all has its origins in this sexual ideology that's become prolific the past um, few years in a Western society. So I go into that history and talk about how it's manifesting in the modern times. That was back in June. Um, and, and speaking of which, that reminds me. Do you, do you remember there was a professor up at uh, New York? It was uh, Stephen Kirshner, and he wrote. He was he was on a podcast, and he was talking about the how it's there's no there's not really any obvious reason why it would be wrong for adults and children to have sexual relations, and he that clip got out there or the interviewer podcast or whatever that he was on, and the school took him down off their website, you know, and just kind of, they said, okay, well, he's not going to teach anymore for the rest of the semester. And we're going to investigate this. And then, you know, that was starting to become a kind of a big story that this happened. And then Russia invaded Ukraine and everybody kind of forgot about it. Uh, but I didn't forget. And I checked this past week and guess what? Steven Kirshner, who supports what he calls adult child sex. That's what he calls it. He's a supporter, a proponent of this. He is back on SUNY's website, uh, listed as one of their professors of philosophy. So just, you know, I think everyone got distracted by the Russia thing and forgot about this guy, but he's still out there. He didn't lose his job. He, he talked about, he writes papers and books about how he thinks adults and children should be able to have sexual relations with each other. He still has his job. So this is a thing that is gaining steam in society, and I, I don't understand why there aren't mobs with torches and pitchforks up there at, in New York about this. But that, that's the problem I see in, in going on. 
Pro-Life Evangelicals for Mutilating Children. Just (laughs) kind of a heavy title there. That was another podcast episode that I was, uh, I guess, a little proud of. And then um, one fun episode I did a few months ago with my friend Jarrett Frill. It was called How Wokeness is Ruining Hollywood. You know, we talked about a different kind of media out there, the entertainment media. And so I did an episode about that, How Wokeness is Ruining Hollywood. And uh, I thought that was a pretty good episode that came out. So we had Jarrett Frill on the show a few times this year, and that was fun to have a guest. I'd like to, you know, if you enjoyed it, let me know. I would, I'd probably like to bring him on in the future too and, and do some more touch and go interviews with him. Uh, I mentioned already, this was a year of transition in my personal life, in my job, in my home. I went through months of chaos. I went through a spiritual crisis through all this, trying to figure out what, what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And couldn't have gotten through it without, um, without my parents, without my wife's parents, uh, without my wife, you know, all being there for me. Um, and so I, I, I got busy the past few months, like I said. And I've tried to get some episodes out here and there for the past few months. I'm trying to get one out right now. But I'm not personally satisfied with the quality of my episodes lately. Um, because I've, it's, it has been, I, to use the phrase again, touch and go. I haven't had time to like really invest in the episodes and do the research I wanted to do. And um, I, I'm just saying I, I'm really going to try to change that as we get into 2023. Now that my life is kind of ironed out, I'm going to try to get back into more of a quality control <laughs> on these episodes. And and there's been a lot of things I wanted to talk about, and I just couldn't because, you know, like the Elon Musk buying, you know, finally the deal went through on Twitter and I wanted to talk about that. But the past few months have been just too crazy for me to, to really get into that. A lot of great stuff coming out on that. Maybe I'll be able to get into it in 2023, but I'm just saying, uh, if you, if you've hung in there with me, I really appreciate you listening right now. I appreciate you being part of the show. And, um, I want to try to get back into some of these, like kind of these historical analyses that I really enjoy doing. Um, I'm going to try to get into more of those, what I consider the greater episodes. I'll try to get into that more as soon as I can. And I, I, I want to mention uh, also too here, before we get into the last news thing for today, if you want to get in touch with Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast, send an email to fierybutpeaceful at gmail.com. If you see some fake news, send it our way. Whoever gets it to us first, we'll get the credit for it. And if you want to stay in touch throughout the week, I'm on Twitter at Fake News Weekly. Trying to find another handle that just makes better sense because <laughs> the show hasn't been weekly especially lately, but, uh, I haven't came across a better name yet. So at fake news weekly, and I'll mention too, if you like Bible studies, or if you just really dig the sound of my voice, I do have another podcast. It's called cross references. This has nothing to do with news or current events, but it's what I consider my main podcast. It has new episodes on Mondays. So just go look up cross references on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get this podcast. You can also find my other All right, (laughs) let's finally do it. The number one fakest news story of 2022. So like I said, number one, it was this category of news stories that was um, blaming right-wingers for violence that's perpetrated by left-wingers. And then number two was this category of news stories that 
were Ukraine propaganda, essentially. Propaganda pieces in favor of Ukraine, but but the major one was the one that almost started a world war. The one that you probably heard about the least. And then, but I included that because that would have had a huge, major societal impact if the truth had not come out in time. But number one, the number one fakest news story of 2022 is again a, a kind of a category of stories. News coverage of the Parental Rights and Education Act. Now you might say, wait, wait what's that? <laughs> That's the number one story? I haven't even heard of the Parental Rights and Education Act. Well, if you haven't heard of the Parental Rights and Education Act, that's probably because the media never, ever, 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 ever called it by its actual name. They used the Democrat propaganda term. They called it the Don't Say Gay Bill. So Republicans in Florida, they passed a law this year trying to limit the ability of pedophiles to groom kindergartners. The law is being referred to as the Don't Say Gay Bill, but there is no logic behind that characterization of this bill. Uh, this was one of the most successful propaganda campaigns that I've ever witnessed by the Democrats and the media. They collaborated to make the population believe this fake story that has absolutely no basis in reality. The law says that school employees are not allowed to have sexual conversations with children in kindergarten through the third grade. All right, let me say that again. All that the law says is that school employees can't have sexual conversations with children from the ages of, of from being in kindergarten through third grade. I guess also the law says schools can't withhold information about a child's sexuality and their gender identity from the parents. Okay? So it's saying, you know, teachers can't have sexual secrets with your kid that the parents don't know about. That's a no-no. The reason a law like this is actually important in 2022 is that, as I kind of mentioned before, school districts across the country, they're implementing policies where schools are allowed to change students' names and their genders at the school, but the parents are never notified. They're never told of these facts. In fact, some schools will even go so far as to intentionally deceive the parents. They change the documents that they send home from the documents that they have actually on record about the child at the school. So they'll send documents to the parents referring to the child by their birth name and their gender, but then they'll have alternative documents at the school that list the child's new name and their new chosen gender, whether it's male, female, or some other thing that they made up. And they do this so that the parents will have no idea what's going on with their own kid over there at the school. And it's not only that, I mean, they're teaching kids sexual education and progressive gender ideology at very young ages. You know, I remember five or 10 years ago, California started putting sex ed into kindergarten and people are kind of like, that's really wild and extreme. And I remember saying back then, this stuff starts in California and it creeps across the rest of the country. And that's where we are. Where schools even in Iowa and Kentucky are teaching sexual education to little kids Little kids who are years away <laughs> from, from having sex, being old enough to do that kind of stuff. The schools are teaching it to them as young as they possibly can. And not just sexual education, but the progressive perspective. 
the very modern LGBT friendly stuff that, you know, parents might not necessarily agree with. Some parents will, some parents won't, but the schools are only teaching one perspective on this stuff. It's the progressive gender ideology that you can change and choose your own gender whenever and whatever you want it to be. And they're not even telling the parents what they're teaching to these children. And sometimes these things leak out because the parents, you know, sometimes they'll see some kind of school assignment or they'll see that their child is reading material with very sexually explicit content. And they'll say, where did you get that? And the kid says, oh, it's in the school library. Oh, a teacher gave it to me. And, you know, the, and the parents think, oh, my kid's getting sex ed at school, but I got sex ed in school. So, you know, I know this is just the normal thing, but the sex ed that the parents got in school 15 or 20 years ago, it's not the same sex ed that the kids are getting now. They're getting very explicit pornographic material in the school libraries and being instructed to them by these teachers. And it's all being done under the guise of this is education. And so <laughs> that's the whole background of why Florida even wanted to make a law like this. And it's not even against sexual education in general. It just says you have to wait until at least fourth grade. You can't do it in kindergarten through third grade. That's all the law says. But this became the fakest news story of 2022 because this was immediately labeled by Democrats as the don't say gay bill. And then the news media just called it that because that's what the Democrats wanted to call it. So that's just what the media called it. Here's a series of headlines. CBS News. Florida Senate committee passes don't say gay bill that would bar LGBTQ discussion. The BBC. Don't say gay. Biden denounces the hateful new Florida bill. CNN. Absolutely Pete Buttigieg on whether don't say gay is dangerous. NBC News. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signals support for don't say gay bill. The Daily Beast. Florida's don't say gay bill is as vicious as it sounds. NPR. Don't say gay bill advances in Florida legislature. Here's what it would do. ABC News. White House denounces don't say gay bill as Florida moves legislation forward. Notice how all these different media outlets use the exact same terminology as Democrat politicians and Democrat activists. That's because the media is no different. <laughs> the media are just a bunch of Democrat activists. They are just the propaganda arm of the Democratic National Committee. They just repeat and use the same words and terminology as any Democrat politician that you'd find out there. Here's Ron DeSantis. He's the governor of Florida. Here's him getting into his spat with, with a reporter over what the law actually says. Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. Well, it says it bans classroom instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation. For who? For, for grades pre-K through three. So five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. And um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. And we're going to make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum. The way that the media reported on the Don't Say Gay bill 
uh, is just completely fallacious and has nothing to do with what the the bill actually says. Okay, <laughs> as you kind of heard in that clip there, but but here's what else is so fake about it. Um, I mean, the law doesn't even say that you can't say the word gay. It says you can't teach kids about sexuality, and that means gay or straight sexuality. Okay, <laughs> if a man is is if say you have a man who's married to a man, and he teaches a first grade class, and he mentions his husband here and there. There actually is not anything in the law that prohibits that. He wouldn't be allowed to talk about sexuality with kids that young. He wouldn't be allowed to ask kids about their sexuality or their gender or talk about concepts like gender identity and transgenderism. Okay. By the way, that's very easy to do when you're teaching first graders. If you're not some kind of freak or pervert, (laughs) it's actually very, very easy to talk about things other than sex and transgenderism. It's easy to not talk about those things. Democrats might be surprised to find out about this, but there's actually many other subjects in the world that you can talk about other than sex. I can go days, you know, weeks at a time without having sexual conversations with people, you know, outside of my marriage, (laughs) obviously. I'm perfectly capable of going to work, going to Walmart, going to the library, going to public functions, going all over the place, and not talking about about sex. But for some reason, school teachers who instruct third graders over in Florida, that's that's apparently asking too much from them. <laughs> the Democrats and the media, they lost their minds over this law. They lost their minds about it. That now teachers for third grade and below are suddenly not going to be allowed to talk about sex with the little kids anymore. This was apparently asking too much of those kindergarten teachers. And then another aspect of the law that was just an outright lie is that this is some kind of attack on the LGBT community. But as I said, it has the same prohibitions, the same guidelines, whether you're gay or straight. It doesn't single out one over the other. So I want you to ask yourself this, especially if you're a Democrat listening right now. How come when you tell people that they can't talk to little kids about sexual topics, how come you say that that's an attack on gay people? Why would someone say that? It's an attack on groomers, but I don't see how it's an attack on gay people specifically. Like, why do you think that is? Because the connection there is not obvious to me. Like, I need you to explain that to me. I'm not saying that all gay people are groomers. Is that what you're saying? Are you saying that all LGBT people demand an audience of children to have sexual conversations with? That's not what I'm saying, but that's how you're reacting whenever we want to pass this law down there in Florida. I can understand why pedophiles would not like the law very much, but why did Democrats hate it so much? And I do find it kind of ironic. Democrats, they pretend to be all about, you know, calling someone by their chosen identity. If Bruce Jenner wants to be a woman, they say we have to call him a woman that we have to use a feminine name and feminine pronouns. If a teenager wants to be called a they, them, or an animal, or even an it, like we're just supposed to fall in line with however other people want to self-identify. But whenever a law is identified on paper as the Parental Rights and Education Act, because that's its name, the Democrats won't call it that. They want to relabel it, the don't say gay bill. They won't call it by its actual name, They won't call it by the name that its creators stuck on it. 
They want to call it just what they want to call it. It's just kind of ironic to me. All their rules about respecting others' identities, those go out the window, apparently. And whenever I say the Democrats, you know, here's what I mean. The Democrats and the media. Because they all operate off the same script. And I've been saying for a while now, whenever we say the Democrats and the media, it's, it's kind of repetitive because they're all just the same. The media is just a propaganda arm of the DNC. Whatever the Democrat talking point is, that's just what the media is going to repeat. I have to say, though, I think we need to start throwing pedophiles into the mix as well. <laughs> like Whenever it comes to public policy, is there any difference in what Democrats and what pedophiles want. And I'm not calling Democrats pedophiles. I'm saying, is there any difference, though, in what pedophiles want and what Democrats want when it comes to public policy? What's the difference in the desires of Democrats, the media, and pedophiles? That's the question that's keeping me up at night as we head into 2023. And we'll be back in that year, hopefully soon, with some new content. Thanks for listening to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. This has been Luke Taylor reminding you, if you hear about a guy in Scranton named Corn Pop, that's just fake news. <laughs>